This is Michelle G here. We're currently in week five of the Songs of Ascent. And if you've been paying attention to Talking Element, you'll probably notice we're changing things up a little bit today. So Michael and I are gonna have a chat about uh, this week's theme, Witness, and then we'll delve into a conversation that I got to have with a member of our community. So starting off, so Weekender, yes, that's a thing that's, that's a happening. Thing. In just a few hours, actually. <laughs> So the weekender is our is our was our eight week gospel class. We're condensing it down. I'm teaching two portions this weekend. Uh, I'm te tonight. We're teaching about uh, missional church part two, which is really about our philosophy of ministry, honing in that we are a church that is lived out in the everyday life, uh, and that is done through gospel centered community uh, and a a this idea that we are about making disciples who make disciples. This is we start off talking about uh, Paul. So in Acts 17, it's it's talking about how Paul, he's walking around Athens and he's learning the culture, right? He's mm -hmm. he's learning the what the people of that culture worships. And he sees all the idols that are erected and and he's walking around and he writes this, uh, men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I pass along and observe the objects of your worship, I, I found also an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I will proclaim to you. So he doesn't just say, you guys are morons. What are you doing worshiping all those? Mm -hmm. What he does is he goes, you have this thing where you, you worship, you worship these gods, but you have this thing where you say you don't know. Let me tell you about what you don't know. And he goes in with the gospel and he goes in with the good news, which totally overshadows all the gods that they that they believe in. Mm -hmm. And and it, it is this this powerful message of, of entering in to their form of thinking and he contextualizes the gospel it's artful <laughs> it is artful it's beautiful and and he doesn't just run away he doesn't protest you know he doesn't say take these little gods down because i know the real god he speaks into it and i found this really cool chart what it does is it takes the the these things these events or activities that people do in life um, and what it says is is it so Category one is event or activity, and it has gambling, sports events, pubs, drug taking, movies. Um, and I'm not saying we should go out and take drugs, okay? And I'm not saying that. But but we as people need to understand the, why people do that. Mm -hmm. And then the next column is what is really being sought. So gambling, uh, redemption by lucky uh, by luck or money, and need for risk, overcoming happiness. Then the third column is how does the gospel address this issue? Uh, they're looking for finding meaning in things, right? They're, they're looking for hope. They're looking for, for that excitement, uh, a call to live adventurously and, and risk lovingly as a disciple. Like, like we can do that in the good news of, and work of, of Christ. But if we are missionaries, we need to be thinking about our coworkers, our neighbors, our children, our family members who don't know Jesus, and be thinking about ways that we can enter their story, mm -hmm. we can hear them, and then we can speak what it is they're really lurk searching for and find ways to contextualize the gospel into it. I love that approach. I mean, to me, kind of going back to last week, actually, and what Aaron was sharing about serving and recognizing the image of God in everyone. Mm -hmm. and it's amazing how the Psalms all, no surprise, they all surprise, come together, surprise. right? And, and inform one another. 
But I think if we recognize the image of God in everyone, we can seek for what is good, hmm. like you were saying, and what and what Paul is doing basically in this passage. And rather than maybe just dismissing people, oh, they take drugs, oh, they go to movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. that's not as extreme. Right. Rather than rather than dismissing the people or those activities, it lends us this natural curiosity, like mm-hmm. you said, about what's behind that, mm-hmm. what's there, what what's good, what's broken, mm-hmm. what can be redeemed, and I think hopefully embolden us to be able to go into those spaces, right? And get our hands dirty a little bit. You don't have to take the drugs, but but not be afraid to go in there. And that's what God has done for us. Like Jesus came and he's incarnated and he came to earth and he's among the rubble, so mm-hmm. to speak, and the mess. And he didn't fear that, but he was able to enter in and speak truth within that context. Mm-hmm. And I think we lose that sometimes. Yeah. We just say, "Oh, they're crazy," or "That's wrong," "That's bad," and you know, we go isolate ourselves. And it's 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 this idea of being gospel fluent mm-hmm. and and speaking the gospel, the, the 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 good news of who Jesus is and what He has done, and who we are in light of it, and and we can speak that into every aspect of life. I know somebody at Element who every time mission comes up, they think we are saying we want them to go stand on our street corner <laughs> and holding or repent. Turner Burn sign. You want to clarify that? (laughs) For the record, we're not asking you to do that. Oh, we're not asking you to do that. No, 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 no. We're not. If we were, it would be easier in some ways because that's a that's a that's so separate from the messiness that mission really is. Because mission is is and I and I talk about this in in the classes. Gospel community is messy. It's not as clean cut. We're going to show up and put on a happy face and go home. It's mm-hmm. we're, if we're walking along each other, if we're building relationship, there's going to be strife, there's going to be heartache, there's going to be disagreements, but how do we reconcile that? And how do we how do we speak truths of the gospel into everyday situations? And and we can only know that by knowing surface level things, but but ultimately what is happening underneath, mm-hmm. and it, which comes from the Holy Spirit, which but. does absolutely, and and that that's that's the true gift is yeah. any any gospel fluency within us comes from the Spirit speaking it to us, mm-hmm. um, and that and that is His work and His gifting, and and that's that's brilliant, and and ultimately it's accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone can know on some level themselves and other people, and and speak hope into it, and. It can start with, hey, I searched for these things in life, and I was searching over here, and ultimately, this stuff never fulfills me. Mm-hmm. It never fulfilled me. And so I would get deeper and deeper and deeper into this thing, and ultimately, it was the who Christ was who, who does fulfill, who does bring satisfaction. It doesn't mean I'm happy all the time. It doesn't mean I don't wander and go back and, and, and to this poison as well. Um, but this is eternal water. This mm-hmm. is the the this the food that satisfies and quenches our soul. Um, and so it does start with our personal story. And mm-hmm. and it, I, there's so many ways to witness. And it's 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 the way we live. It's it's the words we share. Say it's the stories we share of each other. I had a friend uh, a few years ago who I walked alongside. He wasn't a believer when I met him. Uh, I I got to know um, his girlfriend at the time, and when we met and. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it was he struggled with how could God be a good God? He had seen a lot of things in war, 
Um, he dealt with a lot of kind of family issues. And, and at the heart of a lot of the surface questions was, is God good? Mm -hmm. And we had to dive deep into that. And it took several years uh, to really get to a point where we could even talk. He, you know, he'd allow me to, mm -hmm. to, to speak into that. I don't know about you having grown up in the church, but for me, when I thought of witness, it was it was oftentimes having kind of this tidy, there's this tidiness to mm -hmm. it, right? Like I'm gonna have the answers, I'm gonna be speaking this from a, a good place personally. Some of the most powerful conversations I've had with unbelievers have been from this place, I feel, of rawness mm -hmm. and messiness. And I don't have all the answers here. I don't mm -hmm. know why this happened. Um, I'm struggling with this in a very human way, but I can tell you what I'm trusting in or what I know to be true mm -hmm. or knowing that in the midst of my grief or my struggle that there's a God who's with me and who mm -hmm. fully understands it because of what he's done for us. It's been kind of an evolved understanding of what witness is that is more real and more natural, I think. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, there's there's either that clean or there's the that holy I'm inadequate because I don't have all I don't have the full apologetics courses I don't have all the answers and most people don't expect that the, right. from what I found most people don't expect that it's not really what they're wanting it's not really what they wanting they're you know my my buddy he he would ask me the craziest questions sometimes and I would have no answers for him sometimes I call Aaron up or I tell him to talk to Aaron or whatever and it would be like I I don't I don't know and and I don't think he really cared that I knew or not. I, actually, I know he didn't. He appreciated somebody who was intellectually honest, mm -hmm. who would sit and s listen and care enough to not just shut him off. So one of the things you talk about is how you know we think of witnessing. We may be intimidated at times because we may feel like we don't have all the answers. But that's actually where community can play a big part, mm -hmm. right? Because we have different strengths, different giftings, different personalities. And that's actually something that came up in my conversation with Kayla, which we're about to see. So my guest here today is Kayla Ailman. Kayla, thanks so much for being here with us. Yeah, you're welcome. It's exciting. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself just to kick us off? I've been at Element for about four years now, since 2017. Okay. Um, I teach PE, have a nice GC community here. I'm loving the beach, but I also love to ski, so it's kind of nice to have the mountain. You feel feel back in the home. Yeah, I feel here. a little want to go skiing now. <laughs> we are currently on week five of this series, which puts us in Psalm 124. So I just want to start by reading Psalm 124. We're going to look at the message translation. If God hadn't been for us, all together now, Israel, sing out. If God hadn't been for us when everyone went against us, we would have been swallowed alive by their violent anger, swept away by the flood of rage, drowned in the torrent. We would have lost our lives in the wild raging water. Oh, blessed be God. He didn't go off and leave us. He didn't abandon us defenseless, helpless as a rabbit in a pack of snarling dogs. We've flown free from their fangs, free of their traps, free as a bird. Their grip is broken. We're free as a bird in flight. God's strong name is our help. The same God who made heaven and earth. Anything in that mm -hmm. strike you? I just love the imagery. I think me 
thinking literally, if we didn't have God, what would happen and what would that look like? So in this Psalm, there's a lot mm -hmm. of water metaphors, really a lot that's just highlighting like the chaos that can be around us and how God, God steps mm -hmm. into that and we can trust him in the midst of that. Right. Are there any examples or experiences from your life that, that that speaks to in the middle of chaos? Yeah, I mean, one of them is definitely before moving up here, mm -hmm. um, of being pink slipped from teaching. And mm. for most of that school year, not knowing where I was going to be. And even at the end, I didn't even know I was moving up here till the end of July. Oh so I can't imagine that. It was really stressful. Uh, it kind of felt like God just like plucked me and moved me. Yeah, so what did that look like? I mean, part of me knew I just still had to like finish the year well, because mm. I knew those students still deserved something, but mm. it was really hard not to be bitter at the reasons why sure. they were downsizing and budget cutting and why like I was the one that got cut. So it just, it did feel personal and I had to really practice kind of putting that in its place and mm. realizing that it's, it's not me, but it's some. It's the situation, mm -hmm. and then trying not to like gossip about it was hard too, or complain about it. And That's a great point. It could be really easy, right? To fall yeah. Into that. <laughs> so lots of prayer, and I think I was going through different job applications, and my dad was talking through a couple of them with me, and you know, he just reminded me like pray about it, and you know told me that like God would lead me. So you, uh, I think you told me you invited your neighbor to yeah. church like <laughs> right when you moved here, right? Yeah. So. I think the first full weekend I was here. So like fall 2017, just like moving into my neighborhood. And yeah, I saw a lady who, I think she was homeless or transient and she just looked super discouraged and looked like she just needed some help. So we got her hotel and then she agreed to like go to church the next day with me, which was my first wow. time at Element. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my first time. And so That's awesome. I was like, I know the Buckleys, they invited me. Okay, let's go. Everyone at Element was so accepting of both of us. And I was mm -hmm. like, I have, she's a guest, I'm a guest, cool. And so I thought that was just really neat because I hadn't seen that in such a contrast before. Just eye-opening to like, I guess that's what the gospel should look like. Uh-huh. Of anyone should come no matter what and be able to sit next to each other and both hear the same message, both feel loved and accepted and yeah. Amen to that. I know. I so, love that. No, that's so we'll cool. See. And you're right. I mean, that should be... I would hope at any church that, you know, follows Jesus, yeah. that's like the culture and the expectation, right? It's like, yeah, yeah you're going to bring outsiders in and they're mm -hmm. going to be welcome here. And we're, it's not going to seem weird or awkward. Like, right. That's what we're all here <laughs> for, right? Is to make disciples and to reach mm -hmm. people. So I love that you did that. Yeah. You realize it was your first time in Element. <laughs> I'm like, clearly it was the spirit working because I didn't know what to do. How has community either maybe inspired or strengthened, you know, your concept of witnessing to others or how has it empowered you to do that? Uh, I think about my parents and grandparents and told me like that they pray for like me and my sisters at least daily. That's a habit that they've done um, is really encouraging to remember. So they've modeled how to do that and just 
that inspires me too. I know being connected here with the GC, um, and I know with some of my coworkers, I've slowly built up to asking them to come to church or, or to watch online. Uh -huh. I also get motivated when there's events to invite people to. So things like that where I'm realizing like, okay, I'm not maybe the biblical expert, but I know people who are. And so if I, if I can get them to church, I feel that they'll hear what they need to or be able to connect with the people who could have those like apologetic questions uh -huh. or... So you raise yeah. a good point because really our, our witnessing is so much more effective when it's done as a community, mm -hmm. right? Because we can help each other out. Not only I think in sharing the good news to mm -hmm. people that may be hungry to hear it, but also that's, that's what we're inviting them into, right? right? It's like we're going out into a community of unbelievers and welcoming them into this mm -hmm. redeemed community. So whose witness would you say like was most influential in your life and in your story? Are there people that just seem mm -hmm. to demonstrate this trust in Jesus that inspired you to eventually follow him? Uh, yeah, so my grandparents, mm -hmm. uh, they've been married like 60 plus years wow. and like blow my mind with how mm -hmm. they love and serve each other mm -hmm. and are so generous. Yeah, the Buckleys and the Perros and um, and Kelly. So in my, my GC, uh -huh. they've poured into my life too. Mm -hmm. Built up, I guess, what I'm learning um, about Christ in life. And then I have a small group um, now that's from different churches and they have really helped hone in the idea of prayer mm -hmm. um, and of praying over the day and of praying over things or people. Um, so that's been helpful mm -hmm. recently. That's great. Yeah. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing a little bit of your story. It was great to have mm -hmm. you on. And for those of you watching or listening, thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to being with you next week. Bye.